When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Monday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio and Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal with you. Numbers to dial up. It is Michigan Week. I'm maybe a little too excited for that on a Monday. We can check back on Friday at the Hurt Ant Sports Bar and Grill. But a game of substance. You've had Boulder. You had Minneapolis. Now you get to see where your team is at after four games heading into that fifth against number two. In the country, your college football playoff participant the last two years, your two-time defending Big Ten champs, uh, capital B with the barometer here, and two programs at different spots. We'll dive into Nebraska-Michigan. Incredible guests all week as we line you up for what should be, well, it, it should be an electric Saturday. It has not been electric saturdays the last couple and you as a nebraska fan are okay with the winds you're excited about the winds but it's been uh, a little bit tough to watch but you'll trade the (laughs) the carnage in front of your eyes at times offensively for wins it's better than the alternative. Great to be with you. Can dial us up at 489-1240, 489-1240, or 800-825-5865. Toll free across the Hale City Radio Network. Can watch the show. Invited to stream us. The Hale City YouTube channel. Hale City Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Give Elijah a follow at Herbal Essence. Send him your condolences for his Denver Broncos yesterday. Don't do that. And Don't do that. Uh, it only can, makes it feel worse. Can find me at Schmidt underscore radio. So we'll spend time in hour two with Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, and get Coach's thoughts on Nebraska, Michigan, what he like from Louisiana Tech. And uh, yes, Jay Moore from Big Red Wrap Up. Jay will join us. Jay will be with us in hour two as well get his take on the nfl get his take on nebraska michigan and what he foresees this football program becoming uh michigan and beyond really that's it couple of questions to dive into we'll get there but weekend elijah all right were you in the fetal position much of uh, of noon and beyond not from mccormick's vodka but more so from just what what you had to endure as a as a donkey fan, I was. I had a great I'll, weekend. I'll, I'll get off of Denver in a minute. I just. I gotta ask you. Great weekend up until about one o'clock on Sunday. So I'm wearing. For those watching the stream, they can see I'm wearing my my favorite Tottenham Hotspur jersey. 
for the soccer people out there, we briefly discussed it. Big game against Arsenal. Tottenham won by getting a tie. If you want me to elaborate further, I can. That's kind of how soccer no. goes. You're away from home. A tie is a win, kind of. So it was a good performance. They get that. I feel good about the Broncos. Jalen Waddle's out. And then the game starts and the defense is Swiss cheese. And you could kind of see a result like that coming. Maybe not 70 points. I don't think anyone sees a result of you know, your defense allowing 70 points ever. Uh, so that was tough. But the worst part was kind of as you laid out, the, the people sending their condolences. I had people who support teams that have never, ever in their entire history won a Super Bowl, and they're reaching out saying they feel bad for me yesterday. And that's the one that hurt. I, like, you're a Lions fan. You're a Vikings fan. Even Chiefs fans are reaching out Lions saying you fan, feel bad. I go, Lions fan said, I'm, I'm sorry for you. May God have mercy on your soul. Yeah. I mean... That's that's how it was. The Broncos allowed 70 points. They lost by 50. No one's put up that many yards of offense since 19-freaking-51. It was historically bad, the performance. And whenever you have people from other fan bases reaching out, even Chiefs fans, who I, I tend to butt heads with because of my, my Broncos fandom, they're reaching out and saying they feel bad about me. That hurts worse. That's like the team you're playing have a chance to set an NFL record and they take a knee in field goal range instead. Honestly, that's more disrespectful than kicking the field goal. That Broncos defensive performance yesterday was so bad, it deserved to be in the NFL record books because every single member of that defense yesterday deserved to be reminded for the rest of their life that you're an NFL record holder because of how bad you were. That's what that Broncos defense deserved yesterday. And Mike McDaniel, he decides to take the knee after you've already hung 70. You've already disrespected them. You've already embarrassed them. They disrespected them. themselves. If they didn't have enough pride to not have it be a historically bad NFL performance defensively, your starters would have stopped the backups before they reached 70 points. If they didn't want to do that, you deserve to be in the NFL record books for all eternity. And I wish that every single member of that Broncos defense would be reminded in that way that, hey, you were part of the defense that gave up more points than any other defense in NFL history for the rest of their lives. That's what that Broncos defense deserved yesterday. They're not going to get it. That's Mike McDaniel being respectfully disrespectful to the Broncos. And uh, I've, I've got my two cents in about the you Broncos. Know, you so know what's on, hilarious but. about yesterday from an uh, unbiased observer? Denver gave up 70 yesterday. They scored 69 points all of last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm a guy that's that's paid money to to go see a donks game with the pharmacist Jeff from time to time. I'm not a diehard donkey fan, but I like going to an NFL game with him. He's probably broke lots of things in his man cave, but I admire you. You uh, you didn't show up with a Denver jersey on. Good for you. Oh no, that's not but getting pulled out the rest of the but year. But you're still you're still claiming them. I will still claim them. Uh, the one thing that I will say is I thought that was a fireable offense from Vance Joseph's point of view, the defensive coordinator. The what Broncos defense, can you fire the same guy with the same team? Well, why do you rehire him? Yeah, why did you rehire him? That's a great question, Schmidt. And a, a question a lot of Broncos fans were asking themselves this offseason. I like Vance. And the thing was, was, it's not like he inherited a bad defense. They, oh, they lost a couple guys, but you, you add Frank Clark. You have one of the best corners in the NFL who was terrible yesterday, Pat Sertan. You're not... You're not exempt from this rant that I just went on. But that was a defense that was top three in the NFL last year in terms of scoring, in terms of yardage allowed. That defense was top three, and now it's the worst in the NFL. And I think there's some some blame that goes to the players, but those 
players gave up on their coaching staff and gave up on their teammates yesterday. And I think you have to look at the guy who runs the whole show and ask why. And that's Vance Joseph. I know it's only been three games as defensive coordinator, but you've clearly shown you're not cut out for the task. I don't think he should have a job today. He still does. Maybe the off day today will give Sean Payton more time to decide how he wants to fire Vance Joseph. But I don't think Vance Joseph should be coaching for the Broncos any longer. He he failed the first time around. He's failed again. Get him out. It's not exactly... uh a warm reception to, to the Sean Payton era for, for Denver. Sean's a drill sergeant. He's tough to, to, to play for, for a lot of guys. And it's it's also a situation where you, you still have Russ at quarterback, and, and he may end up ending Russ uh, be, be, before it's all said and done. Stay, and stay tuned. His postgame pressure yesterday was three minutes long, hmm? and you could just see the fury in his eyes following that game. He was pissed. He wasn't pissed at the Dolphins. He was pissed at his own team. And I mean, he's, 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 I think he put up 63 points in an NFL game one time. Mm-hmm. I think it was 63 to 14. So he's done it before. He's been on the other side. I don't think he's ever been embarrassed like that. And he, that dude was justifiably angry yesterday. He was. We'll get to Nebraska here. Cutter gets his kicked off. Do we feel like Nebraska played this last game on defense pretty vanilla to not give away any game plan for Michigan? Felt like that to me. Defense did not tackle as well as they have in past games here's what i thought and i think we kind of all see it you were just flat on saturday Mm -hmm. for nebraska you were flat on offense you were flat on defense and just what louisiana tech wanted to do is be quick be quick they had a quarterback that's got some accuracy issues and then got a little bit too hyped up and missed some throws. But I don't disagree with you, Cutter. Nebraska didn't do anything except kind of play their base, and that's saying something, that their base is still pretty intricate with the system they run. Uh, I, I think they got better at tackling. I think they got challenged at halftime. They started tackling better. I mean, Louisiana Tech's got some athletes in space. Nebraska still did well against the run. And no, they, they just they had to kind of get into it. And I, I can't tell you why other than the the I think you're seeing some grading going on. Grading as in offensively, you're not even halfway through the season. You're you're a problem from a consistency standpoint, and you just don't know how many points you're going to get. And again, it started that way for Nebraska on offense. And if you're, def- if you're the defense, yet you're, you're a team, you're supposed to have each other's back. But it, just, it was just one of those ho-hum. And quite honestly, they're 18 to 22 years old. What were you really – I'm not yelling at you, Cutter. I'm saying you as a Nebraska fan – were you that geeked up about the game? Well, Schmitty, you, the, were, the, you were there. Was the crowd no, lively? No, the, the juice has not been unveiled for Nebraska football yet. For, for a home game, it's not been cranked up. I don't know that it gets cranked up. Oh, Schmitty done hit the uh, you hit the 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 same thing I did during our post game show right. on Saturday. I, I, I turned myself off and people rejoice. <laughs> no, th- there's there's there was no juice last Saturday, and then the previous Saturday, 
because this team came back 0-2. And, and, the, and, and the fans don't know what to make. And I'm not scolding. I don't care how you feel. What I mean by that is you can feel how you want with this team. You want them to win. They're tough to watch on offense. They're fun to watch on defense. And you know Saturday, this Saturday, is what you're looking forward to. And if you're this team, you're not going to overlook Louisiana Tech, but Michigan's in the back of your mind. Either the excitement about the opportunity or the, oh, God, here comes Michigan, and this is going to get real ugly. So, yeah, I thought there was some disinterest, and it's disinterest all around. I think Rule's job is going to be fairly easy this week as far as getting his team fired up to play. If you've got a team full of competitors, uh, it's not going to be easy at all because you had four quarters to face Michigan uh, on the other side of the coin. So I don't I don't disagree with you that it, it was basic, it was vanilla, and just go hit and tackle and get after the quarterback. So I don't I don't think they purposefully saved anything, but don't kid yourself, there's going to be new wrinkles offensively and defensively for this set. Well, I, I, I think it's a combination of factors, what we saw from the defense. They came out flat, which we kind of laid out. The fans weren't that into the game. It was a gloomy Saturday in Lincoln. It was rainy. Yeah. It was rainy. I'm not making excuses. It just, you've been, if you've gone to a Nebraska game, Elijah, the, the fans, bless their heart, because you showed up for another sellout. But the last two opponents, you really don't give a damn about. No. And, and you're 0-2 coming in, so there's less excitement. And you're wondering and asking yourself, how long of a season's this going to be? Mm-hmm. How, how, how much are the growing pains going to hurt in year one? At least you're 2-2. Two and two. Well, Yeah, and I think that's kind of the reason for the flatness. But I do think Nebraska's defense is a little vanilla, not because they're trying to hide anything from Michigan, that's not why. It's because you look at Louisiana Tech's offense. It's a lot of three-step drops, it's quick. quick passing games, and then they're going to try to get their ball to the, the ball to playmakers in space so a guy like Smoke Harris can make you miss and turn a five-yard gain into a 15-yard gain. So if you're doing three-step drops from the gun and getting it up quick to Smoke Harris, what's the point of bringing six or seven? You're not going to get there. You're, you're not going to get there whenever their passing game is from zero to five yards and they're going to get the ball out quick. It's more advantageous to sit back a little bit, rally to the football so they can't turn those five-yard gains into 15-yard gains, and that's kind of how the, the game plan played out. And the tackling wasn't great. That I, I attribute to just being a little bit flat. Mm-hmm. And, hey, Louisiana Tech, to their credit, they had some guys with some athleticism on the outside. I think some guys would... that had a little make-you-miss. And it was better for you to get burnt for five to six yards by that passing attack than to blitz, knock it to the quarterback, and that five-yard gain turns into 15-20. Now Louisiana Tech's in scoring territory. Because you're down two two defenders that you may have sent on the blitz. And I'll say Nebraska in the second half had three to four guys around the ball carrier. Juan Camacho chimes in until we have a quarterback that can throw a good deep ball we won't be able to win big games being one-dimensional isn't going to work there is a sad reality to that statement and Juan, that's what a lot of nebraska fans are feeling on one hand you're happy that you ran for 300 yards on one hand you're happy as a nebraska fan that you came out and you went nine plays 85 yards and you had a tone setting third quarter drive of just toss power and let the the O-line and the running game do their thing. And you see option, and there are some things that Harburg, Harburg does really well. He's still a work in progress, as is a lot of the quarterbacks throwing the football. But you are, you are absolutely undermanned with what you want to do on offense. That leads us into our topic we'll get into here with Nebraska. 
when it comes to the Nebraska offense, 489-1240, do you think they're lost or do you think they're limited? I mean, what, what's, what's the reason for being able to squeeze very few drops out of the orange? Well, it is you- it because they're lost or is it because they're limited? We'll uh, dive into that further discussion and more thoughts on the defense because it is report card time where you've had some quizzes. You've had uh, a midterm now that's on the horizon. Mm. What, what is this defense? They're fun, they tackle, they hustle, they're deep. But are they able to, to stand up against what they're going to see Saturday in Michigan? Hail Varsity rolls forward on a Monday, 489-1240. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hail Varsity Radio, 489-1240, 489-1240. can get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, downloaded that way, or the video, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel with Nebraska football. And the offense, is it lost or is it limited? Let's talk about the first play from scrimmage against Louisiana Tech. And that's one you circle as a Nebraska fan, and you're going, okay, what was that? And it was a breakdown in pass protection. It was a sack where Harburg almost got his head ripped off. Could have been a turnover. It was second and 17 to start your drive. And what was the play call? Sat, dialed up a play action pass. They were trying to go deep. So let's play the game, lost or limited. And you can make an argument, Elijah. What are you doing against a team that is undermanned and outweighed up front? Why aren't you running the damn ball out of the gate if you're Nebraska football? Or if you're uh, someone who liked the play-action pass, to Camacho's comment, Nebraska's going to have to throw the ball deep to, to get some wins this season. Don't disagree. You need to, at some point, throw the ball to set up your run against stout defenses like the one you're going to see on Saturday, you are limited because of what you have in pass protection when it comes to those slow-developing play-action opportunities. Uh, you can say both and be right, and you can... I'm going to lean a little bit more lost than limited. I think there's an offensive coordinator in Satterfield who has a, a certain want with what he wants to call offensively and I think eventually he settles in with with what they can do and he thinks okay Nebraska can line up and run the football let's do power toss left power toss right quarterback option and uh, keep and there you go you had a lot of explosive plays in the run game Uh, I, I just think they're lost a little bit with not being able to execute some of the things he calls right away. Offensive coordinators are, are going to get hammered when things blow up in their face, be it a reverse uh, for to Tommy Hill two games ago inside the 10, or you're going deep against Minnesota to start the fourth quarter if you're supposed to be this grinded-out fourth-quarter team. People are keeping score with the offensive coordinator, and, and I don't disagree with that. I think there's plenty of time 
for things to get righted. There's plenty of time for the offense to get better. People are asking, where the hell is Teddy P? Where's Teddy P? Because that makes your offensive line better. Because there's a lot of questions also, Elijah, with you know what's, what's going on at left tackle. What's going on uh, when it comes to the, the, the right guard spot at times? What's happening with your, your passing game? And Nebraska's just scary in a bad way right now with what they're not able to do consistently. It's not that you can't call a pass play or call play action. You need to. But right now, I think Sant's just dialing up stuff that he knows needs to work in a ball game. And a lot of times it's blowing up in his face because their execution isn't there and the defense makes a play. And, and, and you're playing with fire. You can't just line up and pitch it to Bo Jackson and Tecmo. That's the end of the discussion. But when I, when I ask the question about the offense, is it lost or limited, they're still a little bit lost with immediately going into a game plan and a play call and a series Push comes to shove. You're tied at seven and a half. You get the football in the third quarter. What does Nebraska do? They weren't lost. They had enough screwing around. Nine plays, 85 yards, all on the ground. Touchdown. Breathing room. And a little bit of a flex. I don't know that they can do that Saturday, but maybe they try it instead of dropping back to go deep for a, for a shot play out of the gate. But there's, there's also a lot of argument here for how limited Nebraska is. Yeah, and, and this kind of brings me back to a, a quote you always see middle-aged women posting up on Facebook. Not all who wander are lost. Guarantee you've seen that quote. And I think it's originally a, a Lord of the Rings quote, actually. Uh, but I digress. Nebraska's offense is wandering right now. They're still trying to figure out what they do well. Are they lost? Good luck finding that out. I I think we're going to have a much better idea of how lost they are whenever you go play a team like Illinois. That is going to be a much better indicator than than against Louisiana Tech or against Michigan. Because what were we talking about last week? And Matt Rule didn't want to say it, but we were willing to say it on our show. That was your last chance at a tune-up game if you're in Nebraska. And I think there's a reason why there's a difference in philosophy between the first half and the second half. Because I think in the first half... You wanted to be able to get some things on film that you can go discuss next week as you lead up to Michigan. You're going to try to iron some kinks out. You're going to try to throw the ball around a little bit more. You're going to try to develop that deep passing attack. You're going to do those things so they're on film, not for Michigan, but for yourself against an actual opponent. We we can go back and we can go hit the film room next week. And I say we uh, as if I was a Husker coach. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's why you're doing this in the game. You want to make sure you can go back and see those things on film next week. You can hammer out some of those issues in practice. So instead of it being against Michigan whenever you're down by 10 and you need a passing attack, that's when the mistakes are happening. You do it against Louisiana Tech in the first half because you know that based on what you saw against Northern Illinois and some of the run plays that you got in the first half, you have something, some bread and butter that you can fall back upon in the second half whenever it's close and you need to get some points on the board. Nebraska had that. They had that that series with Teddy Prohaska who comes in as the extra offensive lineman and they're just running power. They're pulling around Ethan Piper who's really shown over the past couple of weeks that is the strong suit of his game. That's the reason why what he's side not going to be replaced. Running? What do you mean? They're running right. Oh, they're running right. And, yeah. and, and the, the big thing with that is they're bringing in Prohaska as the extra 
tight end slash extra offensive lineman on that side of you pulling will. Ethan and they're pulling Ethan Piper on because Ethan Piper has shown over the past couple weeks he's Nebraska's best offensive lineman in space getting out and blocking a linebacker or getting out and blocking a defensive back he moves his feet very well so you're going to pull him around you bring in Prohaska as the extra offensive lineman because him next to Ben Hart next to whoever the tight end is is getting a serious amount of push I think you found some bread and butter plays for you that work same way that we saw how well the option worked with Harburg and Grant this weekend they didn't go back to it too much, but just about every single time they called it, you picked up a, a chunk amount of yardage. Or it was called back. Yeah, or it was called back based on holding. One of which, you definitely could have had two on Marcus Washington and on Billy Kemp. Both of them held. I digress. All I'm saying is I think Nebraska has found some elements of their offense that can be their identity, that they can fall back upon when the going gets tough later in the season. But you still need a passing attack if you want to be able to go up against the likes of Michigan or up against the likes of Wisconsin with what their offense is this year, a little bit more high-powered. You're going to need to have a passing attack, and Louisiana Tech was your chance to hammer out some of those issues that you've seen over the past couple weeks. You get it on film, you get another week of work before it's, oh no, here's Michigan. So now you, we have side, to throw the you ball. side with limited? They're, I, they're just limited versus lost? I, I side with, yes, that they're limited, they're wandering right now, but it's not because they're lost. It's because you're trying you're just, to figure out what you do well, which I guess you could call loss, but I don't think it is. I, I still think you have some things you can fall back upon. And Nebraska didn't struggle in the first half against Louisiana Tech because they're that bad and Louisiana Tech's that good of a defense. I think it's because you were trying to to get a little bit creative and find some other backup plans so it's not just the two or three well, plays that you know work well. Work on what you need to work on. And that was a comment here by Cutter, says Nebraska was never in danger of losing that game. They wanted to try and, and, and use this game to, to get the passing going. Yep. Obviously, it didn't work. Uh, but um, another comment in, the offense is limited. Run left, run right. Won't work against real competition. Uh, we need uh, Jeff to figure this uh, T.O. issue out. This could be a priority priority one for the coaches. And when, when we talk about what, what does Nebraska do well on offense, well, they, they've embraced their – throwback tribute to the option love it I, I absolutely love it but you've had a couple of quarterbacks not finish games because it is gonna take a toll with the mobile quarterback with a running quarterback like the fact they kept uh, feeding grant and and let him pick a hole with that toss power i like what elijah said with how they use teddy and they pull ethan i think that's good and they they have receivers who got flagged a couple of times but they have wide receivers that are really good at blocking. They're willing blockers. Well, they're 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 good they're, blockers. They're, you said really good. They're good, and they're there's willing, which is more than you can say about years past. Sure, fine, good take. But but that's what you're you're asking them to do. Mm-hmm. Are you asking them to beat coverage that they may or may not be able to beat consistently, or are you asking them to get downfield and beat the hell out of somebody? And they're they're like you said, willingly doing that. You've got Fedoni that you can use. I think Washington's somebody that you can look to to, to get involved. You've got Bullock and you got Billy. So that's what you are. They are very very limited. And that kind of goes into the buzz or maybe lack of buzz with Michigan this week. It's more of a fear. Your fear that you're going to get drilled at home by the number two team in the country because you're just not very good or good enough to be competitive on offense. We'll see what happens. You play the game for a reason, and the defense will be juiced up. They'll be ready to go. Here's the other question I have as – We'll hear from uh, from Dr. Lou and 
Ohio State in the angst that was college football this weekend. What what is what has Nebraska's defense done for the offense in preparation? Could we actually see Nebraska's offense perform okay against Michigan because they've had a lot of reps, Elijah, against the one unit or the the, the co-one unit leading up to Saturday's game? I mean, well, that's the other question I have with Nebraska's defense. How, how good is it? Are they fun? Are they talented? Are they hustling? Do they tackle well they they tackle about as well as anybody in college football and i'll say that not their best first half on saturday but overall they've been damn good and we'll know how to to really rank them and if they uh, are as good as advertised with that 1.6 yards per carry allowed uh, and that isn't going to be the case they aren't going to reenact michigan state 2021 but they could be maybe some of the best Michigan has seen. I just fear that you're going to see a little bit like Colorado all over again where defense does everything in their power except physically score or goes and plays offense. They're going to do everything in their power to keep this team in it, and they're not going to get any help. I think that's the, the, the worry right now for Nebraska fans. You're going to show up. You're going to scream your head off. You're excited that Number two's coming to town, but it's it's a different. There was kind of a carnival-like opportunity atmosphere two years ago mm. for that night game because you had a, a threatening offense. Now, Michigan still went for 250 on you running the football, but you had a counterpunch. Right now, it's just one jab, and that's your defense. Hail Varsity continues on a Monday, 489-1240. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. We'll hear some thoughts from Matt Rule. Can catch the stream, Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio, 489-1240. Lost or limited? Where do you side on? The offense, Andy chimes in. Will the Tommy Hill <laughs> deep pass experience stop this week? That rule doesn't sound like he will stop it. He loves him some Tommy. We'll hear from Matt Rule in a moment. Uh, Phil says the talent's limited. The O-line is somehow worse at times than last year. No speed at receiver like Palmer. Limited depth at, run- depth at running back. And uh, I can hear that that argument. Yeah, I, I would say it is limited, but I just think you you if you're the offensive coordinator, you see what you have, and and then you adjust accordingly. And they have in some instances, power football, option football, and uh, some play action. You just don't have the consistency. Nebraska throwing the football is not thrown for over. 200 yards yet this no, year. No, they've only really come close once. So, kinda. 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 Yeah, no. So, so do you stop throwing altogether? Do you go wishbone 85 Sooners? You, you, you can't and win with this offensive line. What do you believe? Do you believe that you see more Teddy this week? Or do you see Teddy in special situations? 
Hmm. Because we're, we're waiting on Reimer. What's his health status like? We'll hear from Rule in a minute on, on the health. But but Teddy, if, if he's good to go, is because is, he got – did he get hurt against Northwestern in 21? In 21, yeah. Okay. And then in 22, was it against Oklahoma? No, he got hurt against Michigan. Okay, okay. But he missed almost – or he did miss all of spring ball in the spring. Mm-hmm. Missed almost the entirety of fall camp. Now, I think there is the element of getting back into football shape, being comfortable with the offense, being comfortable with the ones. I think the coaching staff, though, will most likely know the importance of having Teddy starting this week. I think the coaching staff will do everything in their power to make sure he's going to be a go on Saturday. And he's, he's listed at number two on the depth mm-hmm. chart currently. What I know about that depth chart that we've seen so far is it's not the be-all, end-all in terms of who is going to start and who is going to play on Saturday. Um, so with that in mind, I think there will be a serious push to get Teddy starting next week. He'll at least get more play time than he did last week. I think he's coming well in that extra offensive lineman role. But my, my, it's my up prediction to him now, and the coaches, and he's got to be, he's got to be ready, and he's got to be comfortable. And I think it's been killing him to to not go. And you don't want to throw him out against this team if there's still some doubt with how much he can do. Now nine plays and a few more plays last week against Louisiana Tech. Uh, but he is he's a difference maker. You need him and that whole lost versus limited, he helps make you less limited uh with what you want to do offensively. He was on the horn. We go to Chris. Chris, thanks for calling. Go for it. Hey Schmitty. Um so uh questions because I honestly don't know. What where's the development of Malachi Coleman? How come he's not seeing the field more on offense? Well, I think there's you, you got to be ready. You got to be able to help out in different. And I'm not making excuses. This is my take on it. I think they're very intent on making sure guys can do all that they're asked versus giving somebody a pass to get on the field and run four or five plays. I think that's their their standard there with uh, letting freshmen play. And the other side of it, you've got guys that Malachi played his junior season at East, was awesome, was dinged up as a senior, and he's also a track guy. You've got a bunch of track dudes that they've recruited that still need some time. I think there's still some rawness. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't tell him to run real fast in a straight line and throw him a deep ball to to help take the top off the defense, but I think their philosophy is – all right, do you know everything you need to know and can you help the team in more ways than just catching the football? So it, is the phase that he's lacking, is it the blocking part of it or is it the route running part? Of it? I, I don't like, know. I, I, don't, I don't know and I didn't ask Rule that just because you've seen Malachi come in a little bit, but he's not been targeted. And yeah. from, a, from a route running standpoint, I mean, is he your outside guy? Do you put him in the slot? Is he a third receiver? I think they're asking the receivers to know all three positions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But well, that's that's fair. I I just I hadn't heard or seen anything else, so I wanted to get your take. So I no, they're it. just going real slow with what what freshmen they throw in. Yeah, I mean, and that's fair. But but also, I mean, as far as positions on the field where a, a true freshman can act, what a wide receiver is probably the most prominent thing. 
where you can you get a grab of the playbook and you can do some of the things asked. Like, let's get them on the field so we can try to win some games here. I, I understand you, you want to do it your way, but my goodness, um, it just seems that we're, we're, we're lacking there and that, that we might plug a hole. But that's just my take, man. Nope, so, I appreciate thanks. it. That's 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 a fair take. Get your athletes on the field and let them play ball. One thing I'll say during this phone call, I've been trying to pull it up. I don't have a pro football focus subscription. I'll I'll take the L on that one. I've been trying to pull up the the Nebraska offensive snap counts for that game against Louisiana Tech because it felt to me my own eye test. I felt like I saw Malachi a hell of a lot more on Saturday than they did in other games. It didn't lead to any targets. Still no catches for Coleman. I thought I saw him on the field just a little bit more, but again, I don't have the snap counts pull up in front of me, so I don't have the raw statistics. You're, you're also juggling the redshirt opportunity with, with also getting some playing time. Uh, Malachi, is, he's going to burn the, the redshirt. He's already played in three games this year, hasn't he? Four. He's, he's played in four. He hasn't gotten a target Is there yet. a total snap count? It's, it's you, You're allowed to play in Which four games. Which is four. Whether four you games. get in once or 14 I, plays or whatever it is. I, I think he's already played in all four games. So... Hmm? I, I think that's kind of off the table. So, the, so the, the, the guy to watch is throw him the damn ball. Well, there's there's an element of <laughs> getting a guy ready enough to get on the field, and is that guy ready to create separation against Division One defensive backs and get open? Because I think you, you thought the hope is that well, anyone can you can teach anyone to run a, a fly or a post or a flag, but Tommy Hill clearly from the the snaps we've seen from him is the guy the coaching staff feels is the most likely to be able to take the top off a of defense. So then what else in that route tree is Malachi going to be able to do as a freshman? That route running aspect, going from high school to college, especially a guy in Coleman that really utilized, from what we saw, Schmidt, we, we covered a lot of his games, really used that, that otherworldly athleticism and speed to get open, be able to out-jump people, won a lot of jump balls for Lincoln East. He's playing defensive end, too. There was a, an adjustment period for him to get to college, and, mm-hmm. and that's usually the route running is where you, you see the biggest change in a guy from high school to, to college at that level. And if you already have a guy in Tommy Hill that you feel comfortable being able to run posts and goes, it, it limits the opportunities of a guy like Coleman. So I think there's the element of a guy being ready to get on the field, and then how ready is him is he to actually be able to get separation against Division One defensive backs? So five snaps from Alakai Coleman. Only five? Mm-hmm. Felt like more than that. Five snaps for for one Malachi Coleman. Yeah, the Tommy Hill experience. I mean, if if he can make a play uh, Saturday, if you're a Nebraska fan, would be a, a good day to circle that because he's been open and he's a he's a twitch athlete that rule loves we'll wind down this first hour coach mcbride's on the way it's hail varsity radio